Hey all, and welcome to a Geek Freaks movie review. Uh, today we are talking about 2019's Pet Cemetery. Uh, real quick, that is cemetery spelt with an S. I didn't mess up; they did. Now it's uh, the little kids like in the movie spell it wrong. It's like a cutesy little cemetery. And so basically, that's what I want you to go into this thinking: is this is a good kids movie? No, it's a horror film. Um, it's a remake from an old one. It's a Stephen King movie. The original came out in 89. This one's in 2019 on April 5th. Uh, rated R. It's an hour and 41 minutes long. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you guys right off the bat. Oof, what a mess. Slow, tiresome, terrible directing. Who did this plot? I mean, I know King's better than this. I remember the old movie. I watched Stephen King all my life. All I, I watched it. That's how, like... That's how shallow I am. No, I didn't read Stephen King all my life. I watched Stephen King all my life. And I still stand by the fact that Landoliers need to be remade. King, I know you listen to this. Boom. Landoliers, I'll help you out with it. Whatever you need. I'll, I'll write it for you. Anyway, so, yeah, this is this is definitely not a great one. I loved the original when I was younger. And I know that, for the most part, this is just a retelling of the original. It just felt so unnecessary. Like, they could have trimmed a lot. Especially following up It. It came out and it was amazing. Kind of expected the same feel, like that's what kind of boosted this in the next movie, um, Child Play. Uh, they're both getting kind of these these relaunches because of how well It did. And and, and I was excited for it. Especially Pet Cemetery is one of my favorites. And it was just mediocre at best. So let's talk about the director. Directors, two of them. Uh, Kevin Kolsch, and I'm sorry if the name's wrong, and Dennis Widmeyer. Uh, mostly smaller horror films. They work together. Nothing outstanding. They, they do a lot of small horror films and that's what this feels like. It's kind of a low budget horror film. I think they are estimating like 21, 28 million. So their hopes are not high. Most horror films don't go for like the big box office opens. Those are safe for Marvel movies. Those go big. Nothing, no horrors. So let's look over our cast. Um, one of those, one of those real hit and misses here, guys. The character you see the most is Jason Clark. Well, that's the actor's name, is Jason Clark. He's playing uh, Lewis. You'll know him from Zero Dark Thirty, Mudbound, Winchester. He was on uh, Chappaquiddick. That's actually where I, I just it kind of messed me up a little bit. I just watched Chappaquiddick a couple weeks ago. So as I'm watching this the whole time, I keep thinking of him from Chappaquiddick. He plays um. Ted Kennedy, and he nails that role. He does a really good job because he's very Ted Kennedy-like. He does that um, very hard-to-do, uh, high-class Boston, maybe in Maine, which is makes sense. It takes place in Maine. It's a King movie. They all take place in Maine. He does that accent really well. It's it's natural for him. It's why he played Ted Kennedy, Maine, you know, that, that accent. Amy Sametz, it plays his wife, Rachel. She's most known from Alien Covenant, which is kind of cool that she's from Alien Covenant. Um, let's go into okay. So those are mediocre actors. They were, I mean, Winchester. Actually, Jason Clark did Winchester. Guys, that's a hidden gem. If you like Thirteen Ghosts, it had that feel to it. So it's kind of a cool thing. But anyway, that's a side thing. The name everybody's talking about, John Lithgow. John Lithgow is in this movie, guys. He plays Judd. If you remember Judd from the old one, I don't remember the actor's name. This is how prepared I am. He was on Monsters. He was Herman Munster. I feel so old saying those words. But that's who he was. Um, he was Judd before. John Lithgow's Judd now. Um, famously from Third Rock from the Sun. I shouldn't say anything else because that should be it. But you may have also known him from like Cliffhanger. He's the bad guy in Cliffhanger. I wanted to throw in a bad guy credit for him. Cliffhanger. Or he was... Was he the bad guy? You think he was. He was also in The Crown recently. So if you're a Netflix binger, The Crown, first season, he played Winston Churchill. Which they do do a little Easter egg for that throughout the film. The outstanding new performer... 
is Jet Lawrence. She plays Ellie. She's only really been in like the Americans before this. She played like a younger version of, I think her name's Paige. But yeah, this Jet Lawrence, like, wow, she freaking killed it. She carried it. Like even better than John Lithgow's casting. She was so good because she did like, the easy thing is to play like the common everyday girl that she did for most of the movie. And then later on in the movie, which I'm going to say the spoiler warning here in a sec. Later on in the movie, she transitions into her new role much better than everybody else does. She embraces it so well. She does an excellent job. Okay, so next up is plot. Let's see. This is a full, yeah, let's go full spoiler warnings. This is a remake. Normally, I wouldn't be spoiling stuff. This is a remake. So you, I'm, I'm suspecting you guys have seen this before. and You guys know what you're going, getting into. This is a story of a family that moves to like rural Maine from Boston. Uh, they buy a nice little house and next to a forest. They own, It's 50 acres. They own the forest too. In the forest, there's a cemetery, a pet cemetery um, that was like on Indian graveyard ground or something. It's, it's uh, uh, what do they called it? Like soil, like not even that. It's bad soil, basically. The neighbor, Judd, warns the dad, don't trust the pet cemetery. The cat dies. Because it was like super loved by the daughter and both the neighbor who has really taken a fondness to her and the dad want to make sure the daughter's happy. They bury the cat in the wrong part of the pet cemetery. Zombie cat now. Zombie cat comes around just being a jerk and stuff like that. Da 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 da. Birthday party. Yada yada yada. Truck comes in. Smashes Ellie. Little girl's dead. I know I kind of went fast on like a really important part. But <laughs> smashes Ellie. And um, they bury her. And one of my favorite scenes, like the whole freaking like standout acting part of the scene that was not from Ellie. Uh, the funeral part. I'll, I'm going to discuss that part because it's really important. They both acknowledged each other of like, hey, don't do this. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. The dad digs up Ellie from the regular funeral cemetery spot, buries her in the fancy pet cemetery. Boom. Zombie girl, Ellie. She's nuts now because when they come back, they don't come back the same. A uh, little like demon spawn kid now. Uh, murders rampage. Kills a bunch of things. Is a jerk. Kills a family. Brings a family to the pet cemetery too. Zombie family. And cut to black. That's it. That's the whole movie right there, guys. That's what should have been the whole movie. There's like two side plots that are stupid and a waste of time. We'll get into those two. But as for the main story, it's a good straightforward story. I, the pacing is off, so we'll talk about that in directing. But uh, it should have been like, I would say the first act should have been good life with Ellie and, and her family. Everything's good. Tr uh, truck hit. Next act. And then the second act should have been Ellie's back home. Like, he could have the cat thing happen in there, maybe. They actually did the cat thing in second act, which, whatever. Maybe you didn't even need the cat part. I know it was in the original. And I'm not, I'm not going to refer to the original much because I'm trying to judge this on its own merits. But anyways, if you had it to work, Ellie was back the whole time for, like, a whole act of the movie. And you saw her develop, like, these little quirks that show that she's evil now while the family's trying to learn how to embrace her now. And finally, it's like, Ellie starts murdering act three. That would have been a good way to go instead of... Good family. Cat is back the whole time. Cat's tripping out. Then Ellie's situation real quick. Oh my God, all this crazy stuff all in the last act. And it was like, uh, what the hell? You guys are doing this all wrong. It, it was really kind of a slap together plot because they, they didn't do it in the right order. They didn't do it the right way. And amongst this whole time, the reason that kind of things had to slow down is there's a plot where this kid got hit by a, tr a car. It's a whole other thing. This like 21 year old kid got hit by a car, dies, the dad is a doctor. He's the one that's there when the kid dies. That kid is now haunting the family, essentially. 
Only the youngest son can see it. If you're familiar with the old movies, by the way, yes, Gage, the young kid, is the one that gets hit in the old movies. In this one, Ellie does. So it's the it's the older girl gets hit in the movies. That's that's flipped from the originals. Other plot completely not needed. Like you could delete the scenes, and it would have made way more sense. The mother had a sister when she was younger that was like disformed or whatever, had a really bad condition of some sorts, and she had to take care of her. And by accident, she ended up killing her sister. So her sister's kind of like haunting her memories. I just, boom, right there. That's the entire plot of, that's the entire side plot. It's so stupid. Both side plots are so dumb. They really drag down the film. Other little side things that, that I wanted to see, like, be either explained more or or kind of just, I don't know, the little kid parade. They have, like, the little kid parade where these kids wear masks. Let's get into that a little bit more. Let's see these kids walking around town more. Creepy kids make any movie way creepier. Let's see it. Uh, a stupid thing to add was the extra abilities that Ellie got. She has this ability to change her face and voice into another person that was killed and brought back, which was Judd's wife. And it was like, but why? Why can't she do that? That changes everything. So that was stupid. In okay, so I would give this out of 20. Remember, we're going to be doing this, this. If you guys aren't familiar with how we're going to be doing things, we judge each aspect of the film uh, and give it a score out of either 20 or 15. At the end, we add those up for a total on the whole film. So for plot, we're going down to 20, and I was going to give it a 5. I mean, I'm telling you guys, garbage. I was going to give it a 5. I'm bumping it up to a 7 because I liked the ending. I would have re-edited the ending. I think the editing, the editing was rough on the ending, but I'm bumping it up to five because or 7 because of that ending. I'm giving it two more points. Nice work. Acting. Oh, God, guys. The main character is the worst actor for this. Very poor casting uh, for Lewis. He doesn't have a wide range in the fact he like he will show sadness on his face and he'll show delight on his face and you recognize those two, but it's like his eyes aren't conveying that. So it's hard to say like, dude, I'm with you. I feel bad with you because you're like, mm. I mean, you got water in your eyes, you're crying, but it's just like he's not completely there. This guy would be amazing in Jason Clark would be amazing in Westerns. He's got that Western look to him. He'd be really good as an action hero. While I'm watching this, I'm like, this guy could be playing like because I'm also, <laughs> I'm currently playing Red Dead Redemption. I'm like, let's get him to be John Marston. Like, let's get him in Red Dead Redemption, the movie. Like, I think he'd be really good for that. Um, and he was really good in Chappaquiddick because he's playing Ted Kennedy and he, he seems like a Ted Kennedy. I really suggest Chappaquiddick, guys. It was a fun, not a, oh, God, no, not a fun movie, but it was a good movie. So he just didn't have that aspect. I think he would be good action Western, but not this role where he needed to really break, you know. Amy uh, Sametz, uh does a decent job as Rachel. She portrays distrust very well. Like that was an aspect that's needed from her character. And she portrays that very well. But she was pretty hamstrung by the whole sister plot. It really kind of slowed her character down. I would have liked to see, again, more of Ellie walking around and the mom just not quite trusting her daughter while the dad is like trying to overly embrace the daughter. Like, guys, I'm telling you, this movie could have been so much better. One of the big names, John Lithgow, he's awesome at everything he does, right? And I, it's... Like, my younger self who lived on Third Rock from the Sun is about to come back from the past and beat me right now. But I'm saying right now, John Lithgow was not made for this role. Like, I hate to say that. But we all know John Lithgow is one of the nicest guys ever. And to see him play this guy who's kind of, like, down on his luck and distraughtin', like, he nails it. Don't get me wrong, he nails it. But knowing who John Lithgow is, it kind of shines through. And so I, uh, I made a list of actors, I think, who could have done a better job or not a better job, I think would have been better casted. I just, you know, it's hard because you, we all know who John Lithgow is. He's too awesome for this role. So it was really hard. Now, here's for the big star. Jet Lawrence as Ellie. 
Uh, I think it's Jet. It's J-E-T-E Lawrence. I'm pretty sure Jet. I mean, guys, she's she's a star in acting. She's amazing in this film. She played the average girl really well. And then when she when she gets into the undead form, oh, she sells it so well. She's super good at it. And she has this like like lazy eye or like lazy eyelid, like the eyelid uh, droops down, um, which I know is, goes to makeup and stuff like that. But she plays through that very well. And this whole like, uh, how do I explain it? It's kind of like she's undead and she's like, I love you, daddy. And you're like, mm, don't trust her. Like that's conveyed so well through her. She does an excellent job. I really think that she's got a future at more horror films for her police because she was scary as hell. Now, best dialogue was between Jason Clark and John Lithgow. Two actors I think that should have been replaced, right? But it was very solid and the very best of their dialogue. Now, if my <laughs> if my my sound professor, sound production professor ever hears this, I know he's going to disagree with me. But the best dialogue in this movie was not spoken dialogue. He always says dialogue is king. But it was non-spoken. It's at the funeral scene when uh, they're burying Ellie. You see John, uh, uh, you, sorry, uh, you see Clark look up, Jason Clark look up. Oh, and he's got tears in, his, tears in his eyes, which of course for him is indicating sadness. I got quotes up. Uh, he sees John Lithgow and John Lithgow slowly looks up at him. And then he kind of like, you could almost see a glimpse of hope in Clark's face. And Lithgow, he's almost like, oh shit, what? Oh no. He's yeah, he like, like that look between the two conveyed so much. It was a true nonverbal dialogue between the two characters of I'm broken I look up, I'm reminded, and then Lithgow looking at him and saying, I was afraid I should never have shown him the cemetery, and then like to look back down at my daughter like, I'll be back. Like that that was all conveyed all through these sites. I mean, that was very well done. That was very, very well done. So uh, real quick, I'm just going to go over some alternative casting. I thought this would be this is my little wish list casting for Lewis, for Lewis. Guys, you know, you've heard me, if you've heard on me on this podcast, you know I'm a big fan, Jake Gyllenhaal. Could you imagine him as a dad who's like gonna raise his girl from the dead? Like he would have been great for it. I think he Jake Gyllenhaal could pretty much play anything. Now, just as a quick little side thing too, uh, uh, who could play Judd? Chris Cooper. If you guys remember who Chris Cooper is, he's the dad from October Skies, which is Jake Gyllenhaal's dad in that movie. I think those two would have been great in these roles. Just a little side thing. Another one for Lewis, John Hamm. Oh man, when John Hamm gets like gritty, he's amazing. There's a show, I can't remember what it's called, and forgive me on this, where he plays like this Russian doctor who's got like a, a morphine addiction. So good in that role, and it's super like unknown. Check it out, find it on Netflix, it's really good. All right, other Judds, we got Chris Cooper, right? What about James Earl Jones? Oh, James Earl Jones having some dark secrets out in that pet cemetery? Heck yeah. Think of him from like Sandlot. Think of that, uh, that version of James Earl Jones. Jeff Daniels from Dumb and Dumber. But nowadays, when he's an amazing actor, oh my god, super good. All right, here's my here's my creative casting right here, okay? Ed O'Neill. You guys don't know who Ed O'Neill is? Modern Family. He's the old man on Modern Family. The dad from, from all those Married with Children reruns. There was never an original, always reruns. That Ed O'Neill. He would have been really good. I like to see him, like, try a serious role, and I think this would have been a good serious role for him to give it a tryout, which I know I'm knocking John Lithgow for that, but basically that. So anyways... Um, I'm going to give this a 15 out of 20. I'm bumping it up to the 15 because I think we really got some good stars out of this. I think Lithgow really tried his best. That funeral scene really redeemed the two of those actors quite a bit to me. And of course, Ellie just, just hit it out of the park when she went undead form. Directing is where this movie's at its weakest, I think. It's a lot of basic and predictable jump scenes. 
it's uh, you know like the obvious delay, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's there. They did the dumbwaiter delay twice, guys. Open the delay, all open the the dumbwaiter door. Oh, nothing there. Dead girl twice. Why? The pacing was terrible in the middle, super slow. Then all of a sudden, when Ellie's a zombie, super fast. I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys did that all wrong. The car accident child or guy or whatever, 21-year-old man, uh, and the sister plot could have been completely cut. Director, where were you at for that? Uh, moving paper sound, yada, yada, yada. Here we go. The time disjointment. This is one of the weirdest things. So it's called in media res. A lot of people call it that. You, we start off seeing the like the last shot of the film, then go to the beginning of the film, and then like at the end, it's, oh, there's that last shot of the film. You could have taken, this is uh, some editing that could have been done. You could have taken that last shot, thrown it at the end, and it would have made much more sense. So again, remember, we're all talking spoilers here, guys. Nobody's being spoiled right now. If we saw that last shot where the dad's like knocking on the window and the kid's inside the thing. Well, if you remember that first shot, we saw blood on the door. So that door does come open and there's blood on it. And then we see like the blood goes up into the house, right? So we know that that happens. So they must drag the kid in there. Imagine the final shot instead of the guy at the window and be like, okay, the kid's going to die. They open the door and the kid's dragging and, and he's screaming and he's freaking out. Probably couldn't do it because of like the kid's age. But nevertheless, use some CGI. You guys didn't use your CGI well. Anyways, so he's dragging, he's kicking, he's screaming. You see the family just like dead dragging him. And then they just go into the house and the darkness of the door fades them out to black. And you just hear screams until all of a sudden you hear no more screams. And then, then goes to the cast rolling in and all your credits. Guys, I just directed a better ending than this guy. I mean, that's amazing. So anyways, I just thought about that while I was watching. I was like, that could have happened giving Ellie that face change ability it changes the character emotionally this is no longer a daughter that's been raised up and then being evil now no it's it's now this like demon character that can like change into other people that have also not been raised up right it's so weird it totally changes the character it was really really poorly done and it's and again more of those just like real basic horror shots the mirror trick I, I don't even need to explain it you guys know what the mirror trick is in horror films uh they're they're right behind you trick um, the shot of like feet when they're slowly walking up to introduce a character that was used for Ellie, just real basic and boring. And just, I just didn't care for it. There was a close up on, on Rachel's eyes. It was, it was lingering so long. It actually took you out of the film. It was just bad done or badly done. I'm going to give it a three out of 15. My worst score for the whole movie guys, three out of 15. Terrible. Okay. Score for the <laughs> funny score score and soundtrack for the movie. Now, on that side, I'm going to say pretty decent, all right? In the beginning, we had, and this is expected in all horror films, in the beginning when we're being introduced to the family, it's lighthearted and it's going pretty well, you know? And then as the film goes on, it gets into the horror music. These are all things we've seen before. I'm going to give him props on two things. First, the, the beginning when it's all lighthearted, when we're introduced to the forest, and the forest is like a character in the film as well because it's this uh, looming thing that's right outside the windows all the time. When we're introduced to the forest and that there's something in the forest, this pet cemetery, it's got this like whimsical and almost like mystic sound and tone that's added to the regular whimsical music that we already hear. So it's kind of like now that we see that there's something else that's not normal in their life, which is this forest, the music changes to it. So it's still a happy music because we're still at the beginning and everything's still happy, but there's something a little bit there. I noticed that when I was watching and then later on in the film, we get the basic horror film stuff. All new horror does this. They find the note. There's a certain note that goes out. Everybody who watches new horror now knows this. It's a note that they they like linger on for a long time. And it's supposed to tell you that, hey, there's suspense about to happen. That's just normal stuff. I'm not going to knock them on that because it's it's like a formula that they figured out how to work and it, how it works. And it, they're just using it. 
Um, so nothing to really knock there. The next big plus though that I liked is the first song in the credits is it's called Pet Cemetery by the Starcrawlers, and that's a cover of the original by the Ramones from the original movie. And I'm telling you guys, I was like, okay, well, this movie sucks. And I got up and I walked out. And then I stopped to listen to the song for the credits because, like, man, that song is good. It is downloadable. Downloadable. It's worth it. Right now, take a look at it. It's on YouTube. If you just Google Pet Cemetery credit song or Pet Cemetery by Starcrawler, I really like their cover. It was really good. It was a really good way to finish the movie. It kind of left you with, like, hey, you guys, remember this is just a fun movie, not something to take too seriously. So I'm giving the score a 13 out of 15. I thought it was pretty solid. All right. Next up, special effects and CGI. And there wasn't a lot of CGI. There wasn't a whole lot of special effects. The closest of the cat were pretty bad. Anytime the cat got too close, you could see it's almost robotic movements and the eyelids didn't quite, you know, work too great. Um, the CGI that we got on the, or not CGI, the, the, the green screen was really bad when they're at the pet cemetery. Not the first pet cemetery, the big bad evil one. John Lithgow's like looking over the edge and watching lightning. It's like, dude, this is like high school level uh, green screen work right now. It was really, really rough. It really kind of was disjointing. You can kind of see, you know, if you've seen from older movies, I think it's called Foreground. And anyways, but you can see the the, the spot, the set that they're standing on. And then you can see this the, the green screen. And it's like just totally different lighting and everything's off on it. It was really, really rough. What else was there CGI wise? There wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great deal of CGI, I felt. The face transition, while I didn't like it, did go over well. It actually did look good. It just doesn't make sense, but it did look good. <laughs> so I'm going to give him a 7, 15, 7 out of 15. It's a mediocre, meh score, you know, because it was meh graphics or special effects. Production design might be the strongest point of the whole show. Costumes were fantastic. Costumes on Judd and Ellie were especially great. Judd's costume was this very, it reminded, it harkened back so much to the original. I'm not trying to talk about the original too much, but... When you saw it, you're like, oh man, they kept the costume. He's got this hat and these overalls, and you're just like, that's just a good old boy that's out there just minding his own business. You could imagine him whittling when he's sitting there getting drunk by the fireplace, and he has like this like a vest or a jacket on. You're just like, I don't know, I've met, I've known people like that. It reminds me of my grandpa, where he's just kind of like a good old guy that's just kind of out there just doing his best to do his best. You know, it's really cool. Um, Ellie. When she comes back and she's wearing like this, she's she's got like this ballerina dress, I think it is, and it's all full of dirt. And then he dresses her into like pajamas. He gives her a bath in pajamas. And then later on, she puts that dress back on, and it's just like, it's such a well done dress. It's like a white dress that fades into dirt, and it's like all this dirt around her and stuff like that. She looks gross. It's really good. Um, the makeup work on her, where she has that drooping—that's the word I was looking for—drooping, drooping eyelid. Like whoever thought of that, nailed it. Looks great. The the work on the people that have come back looked really, really, really good. Even the little bit that we saw of the mom and the dad looked really good. The eyes, everything like that. So production design, guys, you you kicked butt. All the sets, the forest looked really good. That the first part of the pet cemetery looked really good. The second part, like the rock design, was really solid. Don't look at the green screen. I'm talking the first part. The rock design was really well done. Uh, house. All the aerial shots of the house with the forest around it really kind of gave you like a solitary, no one's coming to help you look. So they did a really good job with all those. It was limited sets because they, they, I think they were working with a pretty small budget here. But what they did with that budget was impressive. So I'm giving that a 14 out of 15, guys. Pretty solid score, I would say, for production design. So let's add them up. Let's see what we got. We have a 7, a 15, a 3, 
13, 7, and a 14. That gives us a 59 out of 100. All right. Um, not good scores. That's technically an F. I'm just saying. IMDB gave him a 6.3. Metascore of 58. That's close to us. Way to copy, guys. Rotten Tomato, the critics gave it a 61. The audience gave it a 46. That is bad. Wow. Uh, my suggestion here, guys, wait for Netflix. Don't go to the theaters. Don't rent it at Redbox if you're a Redbox family. Don't buy it on Blu-ray if you're a Blu-ray buyer. Wait for Netflix. It's not like the worst movie ever, but it'll be on Netflix by Halloween. Just boom. That's your Netflix film. Not scary. I'm telling you right now, guys, completely didn't scare me at all. The jump scares are so predictable that you could predict them before they happen. Not a scary movie, but it was okay. I gave it a F+. I'll throw the plus in there to make sure everybody's happy. An F+. So, um, yeah, that's about it, guys. Uh, tomorrow is going to be the Game of Thrones Part 1 special. And on Friday will be the Game of Thrones Part 2 special. And then we got Game of Thrones this weekend, guys. Ooh, can't wait. All right, see you guys then. Bye.